Welcome, everyone, to the final episode of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, wrapping up the 34th season of Orlando Magic Basketball. Can't believe how fast this year went. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. On the final edition of Magic Pod Squad, before we get into the summer and all that lies ahead, we recap what was a terrific season of Orlando Magic basketball. 34 wins, 12 more than the previous season. The Rookie of the Year in Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, no sophomore slump there. Wendell Carter Jr., the backbone of the defense, and how good did Markel Fultz look this year? Great finish for Cole Anthony. We get into everyone on this Magic roster, recap this season and what lies ahead for the Orlando Magic in season 35, one that we all think and hope will end with the Magic playing well into April and maybe beyond. Lots to get into on the final season edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, Jeff Turner, David Steele, and Jake Chapman filling in for George Galante here on the season finale. That's right, 34 years of Magic basketball are in the books. And now a big offseason awaits. we got the draft lottery. We've got the NBA draft. The Magic finished their season 34-48, and 48, 12 more wins than the previous season. And David, JT... Jake, I mean, you never want the season to end, no matter if you're going all the way to the NBA Finals or if you miss the postseason. There's, It's always sad when that final day comes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it really is, Dante. And, and especially this year when it, we yeah. had the feeling late in the season, Jeff and I would say a lot on the air and off. I'm sure, Jake, you uh, expressed the same sentiments that you don't want this season to end because you now here we are with the team playing great basketball late in the year. You kind of know pretty much uh, you're not going to make the play-in tournament, um, although there was that hope right up until the last uh, last week of the season. But, you know, it's a, to be honest, uh, there are a lot of seasons that have gone by in my broadcast history that you're kind of ready for it to, to be over with <laughs> by the last week or two. Yes. This was not this was not really one of them. Yeah, because there, there you know, there is a lot of hope for this ball club. Hey, I'm, I'm glad Jake is on. I'm glad Jake's on board because um I remember back to my first season doing a full yeah. NBA season and how I felt at the end of the year in April. It, it It's exhausting. And I'm just curious uh, how, how you're feeling right now, Jake, after doing your first complete NBA season as a play-by-play announcer. It, uh, I was thinking the other day, it kind of feels like a dream come true that I don't totally mind waking up from, I guess, because it has been, it has been. a long year. Yeah. It, it, it was a lot of work and especially at the beginning of the season, just because I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I wasn't, it, it, I, it was such a um, everyday learning process early on in the year. And then I think I found a little bit of a groove and I just sort of settled in. I had some great help from Tyler Karen, a graduate associate. He was a lifesaver all season, but it was, it was uh David. It was, it was an absolute dream come true. It was an honor. It was something that I've worked uh, a long time for and and because of the way the team performed especially late I mean put it this way at five and 20 I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what direction we were headed I was headed everything was a little bit was what have I done tough. to myself 
was a little yeah. bit tough at that point, but um, you know, it was it, it got so fun. I mean, when the team plays the way that we play, and when they fight, and when every night you don't know if you're going to see something special or um, a big comeback win, and the atmosphere at Amway Center was great all season. So uh, it's addicting, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for a little bit of time off. I've got a very big summer uh, in front of me, but I'm certainly yes, excited do. about the future, and that has about as much to do with the play and with the players that we have in place right now. I think I kind of struck while the uh, uh, struck while the iron was hot. I'm excited. Well, I tell you what, Jake, as I think David could appreciate, what were the challenges when you have some of those late West Coast games all by yourself, and the game isn't maybe very close, right? Did you did you find yourself at all kind of? content trying to keep the broadcast i'm sure some games are very easy to do when you when you got a close game i'm sure there were challenges uh throughout the year well you know if there's one thing i can do it's fill airtime i mean I, <laughs> okay there you I've, go I've, I've prepared myself over the course of my career to be able to yap and to be able to uh to access and it is you know david so much about it is is having the prep done and and just being aware of you know, kind of those random thoughts that might become important in a 25-point game late in the third or early in the fourth quarter. We didn't have many of those games, though. No, I mean, you know, really one of the things that, that David and I talked about and, and some of the feedback I got was, you know, just make sure you're locked in on on what's presenting itself in front of you. And when I kind of stripped down and said, just make sure you're honoring, you're meeting the moment and, and honoring the game in front of you, it simplified things a little bit for me. So that was great advice. And I, and I do think, you know, our team, and and I'm sure there are. It's not the case every season and with every team. Um, if I just focused on the game that was happening, it was pretty compelling, no matter what, because we played a whole bunch of close games and we had a whole bunch of interesting stories to tell for sure. Yeah, always stories. You know, um, Jake, I used to imagine on those late nights at 1 a.m. on radio by myself that I was talking to a, a 65 year old man uh, manning a toll booth <laughs> on the Florida Turnpike. You know, they had his radio right. on, so yeah, it was, I, I was trying to connect with that guy. I usually assume that I'm talking to a 65-year-old at the bar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And Jeff, you got so. Jeff, you got to be there with him kind of when he first started, the very first broadcast that he did. And then you think back to when you started, right? Going from a player to to being an analyst with David. I mean, that's a there are different times when you're you're you don't know who's listening, maybe. And yep. sometimes you do just try to entertain yourself. That's for sure. I tell you, I, I have so much respect for uh, what Jake was doing uh, because the two games that I did with him, you know, calling a game, um, especially when we're on the road, calling it off a television monitor is it, it's just a yeah. whole different feel. You don't have atmosphere. Uh, you don't have crowd noise. You've got to create your own energy um, because you can't rely on what's happening in the building or what the team's necessarily doing. Um, so it was difficult. I, I, you know, I don't know, probably those two preseason games I did with Jake probably set him backwards a little bit. I don't know. So, no, no. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, you know, it, it's hard. I, you know, we, we dealt with it when, you know, David and I were doing the television broadcasts, um, you know, a few years back during the pandemic. Um, it's just, it yeah. changes everything when you're not, uh, in the building and you can't, you know, play off of the energy in the crowd. It just, um, to do it and to make it sound good, and uh, you did a great job this year, Jake. Thanks, Jeff. And 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 are you kidding me? I mean, those preseason, we had so much other stuff going on that just having <laughs> anybody else to talk for a few seconds was very, very, very helpful. And yeah, that's right. 
We finally yeah, got through exactly. the technical side. And now there's there's potentially a roadmap where Jake could be traveling next year, which could be pretty exciting. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed fingers and crossed. Hope, hopefully that works out because I know you can all appreciate how much different that is being on the road and watching it live uh, right there happen in front of you. You know, Jeff, I think about this time of year, it's, it's strange for us because for six months, it's every other night you have a game, 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 game. How the hell is it for a player? When the season ends and now all of a sudden, wham, there's no more games, right? That's what this Magic team is experiencing and 14 other teams. That's kind of their reality now. Yeah, it's, um, it is. It is. It, it changes everything because, you know, you think about it like your your whole day is so scheduled and regimented, you know, like, um, well, I was going to say, you know, going to practice, but they, they don't practice that much anymore. <laughs> no, but, no, they don't. you know, just taking care of, you know, making sure you meet your obligations with um, you know, the treatment or whatever is going on, getting your workouts in. And then, you know, somebody was always there, right? Like, you know, there was somebody was expecting you to be there. And then the season ends and uh, you get past the exit interviews and then you're kind of on your own. I, you know, I hope for the guys, the hardest thing for me was to really take some time off, right? Like you're, you're in it and you're, you know, especially for our young guys, I know they're already thinking about next season, um, I want to do this. I want to do that. So what you want to do, um, everything in you says, I got to get back in the gym. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a few days and then I'm going to get back in the gym, start working on my game and things like that. I really think it's helpful from an energy stamp mentality, energy that, you know, you, you, you take an extended break. Uh, you know, I don't know what that it, it differs for different guys. Um, you know, when I first came into the league, you know, a lot of the veteran players, once the season ended, they didn't pick up a basketball until training camp. I'm wow. not saying that's the right way, <laughs> right. but, you know, it really gave them an opportunity just to get away from it. Because when the season starts, uh, David, it's it's a it's a grind for us as a player. Um, you know, you just need physically and mentally, I think, um, you really need to step away. So I hope our young guys get a chance to do that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what the science is on it, but um, and, and there's so many factors now involved in what's going into, you know, this load management, uh, how many games players are playing. Um, when we go back to the late 80s and the 90s, there were 25, 35, 40 players every year that played every game. That just doesn't happen anymore. And, um, you know, I, I, I often, though, wonder, Jeff, if um, that philosophy that you just stated there just, you know, put basketball away, put a, a lot of physical activity away um, for a few months and then come back fresh. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if that's, that was, that would be the way to go, but you know, that, uh, that cat is, is out of the bag, isn't it? We're not going <laughs> yes. back to that. So, yeah. but it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, it really well, it's does. Funny. Wendell uh, coming out of the all-star break, I asked Wendell about at this point in his career, just do you understand better now how to do the all-star break? Is it how to get away and, and, and sort of how to recharge a little bit? He said, absolutely. He said when he was in Chicago, he, you know, you would, you would sort of rush to the islands or whatever and get, and get a little bit um, of, of R and R and then you're right back in the gym. And he said, now it's just, you, you know, you, you just sort of take that time and you appreciate a little bit better as you become more of a veteran, what that balance means and, and how to sort of, um, uh, manipulate that and, and utilize your time off. I think when guys are younger, it's just go, go, go. 
Well, speaking of which, guys, you, you come through this NBA season. I don't know what you expected with with Paolo. I mean, you mentioned Franz, right? So Franz has now played 159 games across two seasons, um, and that's tied for seventh most in the NBA. So he 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 is the magic Iron Man, and, and we can touch on Franz here in a minute. But with Paolo, guys, I mean, the the amazing thing to me is. You know, you, you look at a, a college season, right? He just south of 40 games that he's played. He had to double that up almost here this year in his first NBA season. You never know how any rookie is going to get through the the rigors. First of all, the physical part of an NBA season, and he did great. He held up and got through the, the got through the rigors. Let alone, he, he's one of six rookies in 50 years to get you 20 points, six rebounds, and three assists. And then that's one of a number uh, of accomplishments that he had this year on his resume that that we know is going to lead to him getting rookie of the year. So I, I guess as we sit here and reflect on our, our lasting impressions of young Paolo Bancaro, you guys traveled with him. You saw him on the road. You, you guys got to know him and see him a lot more than we did here in Central Florida. But, I mean, you, you can't help but be incredibly impressed and optimistic about what the future looks like with this 20-year-old. Yeah, no question about it, Dante. You know, we saw him uh, early in the season, right from day one, um, be a factor in the NBA, which is pretty remarkable. He jumped over um, Corey Joseph in Detroit uh, on opening night and, uh, you know, <laughs> had right. a spectacular debut in the NBA. And he had that sprained ankle, which uh, was not not a very severe sprain. I think the team was rightfully really cautious with him early in the season with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think under uh, other circumstances, uh, he probably wouldn't have missed. I think he missed seven games. But, you know, you're it's early. You're going to be really careful with a 19-year-old rookie. And then he played every game until uh, he did not play the last, what, three games of the season as uh, the Magic were eliminated from playoff competition. But, you know, that was uh, – what's that? That was like a 60-game run. Um, yeah. And he got better, you know, Jeff, as, as we marveled at as the season went on. He – you know, he had that little dip in February, which was not a very significant dip, but mostly a three-point shooting dip. He couldn't make a three in the month of February. <laughs> right. But uh, but other than that, and then he bounced back in March and April, and um, he just had a great year, great, great year. Yeah, I think that for, you know, just incredible, when you think about his age and the poise and maturity with which mm -hmm. he played, I mean, you know, people like, you know, we we – Talk about that February run where, you know, the scoring dipped a little bit. But if you go back and look, the rebounding was up. The assists were up. Um, you know, he was getting um, singled out on scatter reports. And, you know, they were throwing different defenses at him. All the while, while, you know, probably that's about the right time just before and after the All-Star break when rookies kind of hit that whatever it is, a wall or a little bit of a lull. Um, on top of that, he's being thrown all these different defenses, um, and the expectations continue to be high. So I, you know, I think he managed those very well, um, and and I, I really like the growth. He's one of those guys, uh, fellas, that I that I if I could grab him and say, you know, just take three weeks off, you know, just take yeah. three weeks off. But he, I I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he is so. Uh, you know, so committed to the game. And I think he wants to take that next jump. You know, I, my thing is, I, I'm guessing, you know, he may take a week off and, you know, the following week, the 17th, he'll be in, he'll yeah. be in the gym, you know, begging those guys to, you know, sit down and work with him. So, um, you know, that's just the type of uh, player he is and how good he wants to be.
Well, I think about Franz Wagner guys, you know, that, that's really 1A and 1B. I mean, these guys have been interchangeable at times. Franz is your your fourth quarter guy tied with Luka Doncic for fourth quarter points per game, top 10 in total fourth quarter points. Uh, he's, he's a fourth quarter Franz. He's been a go-to guy. And, you know, Jake, we talked about a little bit all season long with the, with the radio show, but, you know, you went from an entire rookie season where you missed three games, then you went into an entire summer, right? You did FIBA, you represented your country, and then you came right into training camp and you played 80 games. <laughs> you went only and you missed one of those games because of a suspension. I mean, if anybody needs Thanks a break, Jeff, what you're what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing, right? It's always how it works, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. No, you get all, D, uh, can then I right copy into and paste? It. Can I copy and paste Jeff's answer about Paulo yes, exactly. and, and exactly. apply that yes. to Franz? If anybody needs some time off, it's Franz Wagner. And if anybody's not going to take that time off, it's probably Franz Wagner. I mean, this guy, yeah, I right. feel like he competes with himself probably on the drive to work every morning. Like he that dude <laughs> is an absolute uh, he's just a competitor and, and to have that kind of compliment, and you and I were talking about it on drive time earlier today to have those two guys, uh, you know, that's, that's the foundation of your franchise. And you talk about like killers, like competitors step up in the fourth quarter, every single possession means something to those guys. Those are the guys that you want to build around. And Franz, I mean, you know, you think about last year, what was the highlight of last season? It was probably Franz Wagner in December, right? I mean, that was one of the only things that we sort of hung our hat on. He came back even better this year. And and early on in the season, with the ball in Paolo's and Franz's hands, when we didn't have guards, it was very, very important for their development. It was difficult in the moment. But I think you look back long term and you say the coaching staff did a great job of of kind of bringing them along bit by bit. And now you got two really, really good players with – um with, I think, you know, kind of overlapping skill sets. I think they both kind of complement each other uh, really well and are able to fit in 1A, 1B, and on some nights it's it's vice versa. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, it, Those two guys are going to be the focal point of this franchise for a very long time, and that's that's a good thing, I think. That certainly is. We get excited about what lies ahead for and no sophomore slump. He's second among sophomores in scoring, right? They're, yep. they're, they're just shocking that there was no there was no setback, no letdown, no uh he got even better. I, I guess I'd ask you guys what lies ahead. What what is it? he said he wants to rebound more? Um, you know, I maybe continue to work on that three point shot, but what what else can the guy possibly do as we go into year three for Franz Wagner? You know, that's that's kind of the way I felt last year. I mean, as a rookie, yeah. as a 20-year-old rookie, he was um, he was such a complete player so early in his NBA career. You're wondering, where where does that go? I mean, I we Jeff and I thought all year that he, he went so far under the radar as a rookie last season. And um, I don't think a lot of people understood how good he was coming right into the NBA. And then, as you point out, Dante, he was even better this year. He, yeah. he, he was more efficient. Um, he shot a higher percentage. Um, his three-point ball looks looks better, um, and really his uh, decision making, I think, is uh, it's what Jamal Mosley talked about yesterday. I asked him about Franz before the game uh, on Sunday in Miami, and you know he talked about how Franz had really taken a step forward in his understanding of you know pace and spacing and where everybody is and uh, how to make the right play at the right time. And I just think we're going to see him continue to get better and better at those key elements of the game that uh, they result in winning you know I mean you know, we're talking about making winning basketball plays and I right. think that's what Franz Wagner is all about so I think you're going to see his efficiency continue to 
to go, to grow. You might uh, look at the, the development of Mikhail Bridges, who's a similar kind of player, and um, you know he's he's a guy that works, never misses a game, has a similar skill set to Franz Wagner, and, and Franz is bigger, and I think has a chance to be. Uh, I think he's going to be even better than Mikhail Bridges mm. um, as his NBA career develops. Jeff, what are your thoughts? No, I, I agree, David. I, I you know Very I think for Franz is one of those guys where. You know, I really believe that as Jeff Weltman and 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 John Hammond and their staffs uh, begin to upgrade, you know, the talent around uh, Paolo and Fran, Franz, Franz only gets better. You know, the better the guys he's playing with, the better he's going to be um, because he can do so many things. We saw, you know, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, Jake was talking about him, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was asked to you know, run the team at times. But then immediately, as soon as Markel and Cole are healthy and we get back in, and now it's out of his hands, then we saw the cutting, right, come back in. We saw eventually Franz figuring out, if I run the floor, Markel's going to get me the ball. Um, I think the one big area, and David and I touched on this uh, in the last game against Miami, is I think Franz is going to be one of those guys that's going to get to the line seven eight times okay and 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 doing that to me that automatically makes him a 20 plus point scorer again right like you know and i just that's that's how that's the evolution of scoring uh as an individual you you know you do all the other little things but to be a you know 25 plus point scorer in our league you have to get to the free throw line all of those guys do um and you know it's those added bonus points and I think Franz, you know, David commented uh, in that in that last game how, you know, Franz working through, you know, getting the elbow out, learning how to get hit, take the foul, uh, not going around contact, but through contact. Um, so I think his scoring's only going to come up. And then all those other areas, you know, put him in pick and roll, whatever it is, um, all that's going to get better too. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Franz's potential going forward is uh, – is unbelievable. I mean, just uh, for his size, as David points out. Um, and let's not forget, Franz is a heck of a defender as yes. well. Uh, and that, you know, I think that might be, you know, when you, you, you first thing when you talk about Mikhail Bridges, David, you think about him as a defender. I don't think Franz probably in the media <laughs> gets enough recognition, mm-hmm. um, you know, on his defense. Certainly, the, I think the coaches know. Uh, you can't fool the coaches. They understand how good a defender he is. Well, guys, I, we're not going to go down every guy, but one more guy I want to touch on, and then we'll just get our we'll just get our thoughts on on what lies ahead for the season, and, and kind of I, I think we all feel like we need to add some shooting, however you can get it. I think we're all on board with that, but we can address that. You're in such a great spot, this Magic team going into this summer, so we'll we'll kind of close on that. But Jeff, you've been saying all year, Markel gets you what you need when you need it, and I I think the to me. You know, if those are the two biggest stories in Paolo and Franz, I think the third biggest might be Markel. And maybe he's the biggest story because he might be the best story in the NBA with his comeback uh, career year, with his scoring, with his assists, with his field goal percentage. I mean, everything that he did now, it's been six years and he's played 191 games. He played 60 of them this year, right? He, he's played just over two seasons worth of games across six seasons. What if we can get a healthy Markel at the start of next season? As you mentioned, keep your shoes on. Don't kick any free weights. <laughs> right? let's, just keep those, let's keep those feet healthy. Let's start training camp and start the season with a healthy Markel. 
No, uh, it, it's, I, you know, I've, I've just been raving about Markel. And, and the thing is, is, I, you know, I've said from the moment I first saw him that Markel's just different. He moves differently. He sees the floor uh, differently. You know, the people you talk with said he is the prototypical D.C. point guard. He's yes. tough. He's big, understands the game. He's a two-way player. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with Jamal Mosley, you know, at some point midway through the season and just kind of talking about the pace that we're, you know, that we were playing with at the time uh, and just, you know, wondering, you know, when these guys figure out, you know, like if I just run the floor with Markel, I'm going to get um, get opportunities. And Jamal, you know, said exactly. It's just kind of the, this is the pace you know, that we want to play with. And uh, he said uh, next year's, and this was, back, and I'm not going to hold him to it, but he said next year's training camp, there'll be a lot of conditioning uh, going on. Okay. We've got to be able to get up and go uh, and play to Markel's strengths a little bit. So I think, um, you know, that says a lot. You know, the coach sees his value um, quite a bit. I, I, You know, the thing, and, and, and you guys see it, David and I are around it, Markel plays, there's such a joy, yes, you know, to yes. his game. It, it's just like, you know, you can't help but pull for the guy. And I I, I keep saying that if Jamal Mosley doesn't get one of the players to come up and be the, be the motivator, uh, you know, energy provider uh, for this team, he's going to, he's going to pass out on the sideline when I, because that dude works hard <laughs> on the sideline. Maybe Markel's going to be that guy, right? When he, you know, it's a full right. season, he takes control of this game. He's the guy that's pushing that energy. Um, and let's coach Mosley. Just sit down for just a couple of plays a game. Is all I'm asking <laughs> for Jamal, just to get a drink or something like that, and sit down and rest. Well, the um, cha- yeah, the challenges <laughs> with these rebuilds is you can see what happened, right? Like with Paul, with um, with Stephen Silas, and you see what happened with Dwayne Casey. It's not always a guarantee you're going to get to see it through. But Coach Mosley has done such a great job, and and you, you know you you added some nice pieces around in the offseason. You know, and, and he's had the biggest turnaround in the Eastern Conference. It's another feather in his cap uh, as he continues to see this see this thing through. And I know we're all very, uh, very proud of the job that Jamal Mosley has done. Uh, Jake, just a couple more things. And I, I thought, guys, as, as we look at the chemistry of this team, you know, you mentioned Markel playing with a passion. And these guys all get along. And I think, you know, Jake, you brought up a good point uh, earlier uh, on on Magic Drive Time. As you look around the league, a couple of things that happened yesterday around the NBA, you can really appreciate how this team gets along, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and and I think Markel is kind of at the at the middle of that, and it's it goes back to what Jeff just said: uh, the joy for the game. You've never heard uh, ex teammate of Markel's not say anything but glowing, yeah. and that that goes from Jimmy Butler to JJ Redick to Joel. I mean, everybody who's ever played with Markel Fultz is a Markel Fultz fan. Um, and he really is. I mean, he's kind of our vet between he and Wendell. Those are the guys on the floor, Gary, uh, of course. But those are the kind of the core guys um, who I think, you know, night in and night out, you expect to, to sort of display that leadership. It is. It's a great group. I think it starts with Coach Mosley on down. We know um, that that the leadership puts a premium on bringing in the right guys and and that's very very important with a young group. You don't get night to night effort like we saw this season without having the right guys in place and without having somewhat of a leadership structure. Jeff's right. Eventually, 
guys are going to grow into those veteran veteran leaders and the and the leaders out there on the floor. But I think we have a few good candidates. And I'll just throw this out there. I had Dan and Josh on my podcast last week, and we were and Brandon Kravitz and I were t- discussing it as well. Who's the MVP of this team this season? You know, you don't need to nail it down, but you can make a very compelling argument for the three guys we just spoke about in Paulo and Franz. We obviously know what Markel meant. Then you could make a, an argument for Wendell Carter Jr. for crying out loud when yeah. you see what the team is with or without him. I just think that just speaks to to everybody understanding their roles and identifying what the identity of this team is going to be moving forward. It's it's a great start to have guys like that in place. And that's a great point. And one more thing on Markel um, and Jamal Mosley. I think that's an important connection because uh, it's often said, and I think it's true, a point guard is an extension of the coach. Yep. And, uh, you know, a great point guard is a coach on the floor. And I think we have a great synergy between the head coach, Jamal Mosley, and the point guard on this team, Markel Fultz. You know, they're both unselfish. They're both um, people that are givers, not takers. Um, and, and that personality matters in those two positions. And I, I love the synergy between those two people moving forward. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I think it's going to be a great combination moving forward. So here we sit. The Magic finished the season 34-48, and 48, 34th season of Orlando Magic basketball, and it was great. It came all the way down till April 4th before you got eliminated, and every game was exciting, and, and we couldn't. We wanted the season to be extended, but all that being said, you finished still with the sixth worst record somehow uh, in the NBA, so that's going to give you a 37% chance of getting in the top four. That's going to give you a 9% chance of getting the number one pick. You, you really got kind of somewhat similar odds that you had last year. And then, you you know, we got to see how the play-in scenario works out with Chicago. So we're going to get their pick. If they miss the playoffs, then that's another lottery pick that's going to be thrown in the mix. So I think as you you look at this thing, David, there's only three teams that have more salary cap space than the Magic. And and there's a $13 million decision to be made on Gary Harris going into next year. Uh, You could potentially free up as much money as anyone You've got guys that you want to take care of moving forward. You've got a lot of guys that you got to make decisions on. Can you come to an agreement with Cole Anthony, uh, you know, and extend him? Uh, Markell's going to be a free agent at the end of next year, and some other roster pieces. But you can go the, you can continue to go through the through the draft. You can move some of your draft capital. You could finally pounce this summer because you've got salary cap space, or you could work a trade with all the assets that you've had. You've got a lot of flexibility as you go into this summer. Oh, general managers love that, and uh, presidents of basketball operations love that, that flexibility, the cap space, uh, the young, uh, attractive players that teams uh, covet, and the Magic have all of that. Um, they've got the whole the whole package and, and have some big decisions to make. You know, Mo Wagner and you yeah. mentioned Gary Harris and Agoga Bataze has put right. himself, I think, on the radar um, with his late season play, Kevon Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a guy that looks like, uh, you know, Jeff talks about him a lot on the air. Just, well, you love a lot of the things that he brings and he's going to be in the NBA, you know, we'll see yes. what the magic do with him, but he's got a future in the NBA. So, um, and, and then with two first round, possibly lottery draft picks, we'll see how Chicago does in the play in tournament. But, uh, you know, those are valuable assets too. So, um, it's going to be a very interesting off season, Jeff. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I, you know, it's it's going to be fun to see. I, you know, I, the one thing, and you know, Don says, I mean, if you look at this team, you know, where do you take the next step with what you have and everything? Uh, we made so many improvements on the offensive end this year. 
you know, for me and Dante has already mentioned that we've got, we just got to improve our perimeter shooting. I think, you know, we do that. It goes back to what I was saying about Franz and I think it fits for Paolo uh, as well. The more talented players, shooters um, that you can put around those guys, um, the better they're going to be as well. So um, I hope that's in the mix somewhere. Yes. I'm sure it will be. It's in the conversation. <laughs> and one quick thing. Things change quickly in the NBA, right? I mean, it, the playoffs are just getting started. We got the lottery coming up. You could wake up two weeks from now and you've got a much higher pick than you assumed, or there might yep. be some players available on the trade market if there's an early exit, uh, uh, potentially in the postseason. Yep. So uh, keep yep. an eye out. That's true. It's, it's always good. It's always that is good. true. That it's is true. Good to have all there your you chips. To have all your chips. Yeah, you're right. It certainly is. So lots of reasons for optimism. And and guys, I, I tell you what, I, and you know, the crowds that we saw, we had four of the five largest crowds in franchise history happen this year. I mean, there's excitement. I mean, there's only been two postseasons in the last eleven years. Magic fans are ready. Magic fans are ready to be playing well into April and beyond, and hopefully that starts next year. Guys, thank you so much. Great job all year. It's an honor for me to get to work with you guys. We always have a lot of fun on these broadcasts, and thank you for for all you do with Magic Pod Squad. And then uh, you guys are as good as it gets as far as calling these games on television, and it's a blast to be a part of, guys. Have have a a great offseason. I can't wait to see you next year. You're the best, Dante. Thank you. Thank you, Dante. Appreciate you guys. Can we get one last time back to you, Dante, from David? Back to you, Dante. All right. <laughs> Appreciate Coach, you. Coach Mo loves have, it. Uh, you guys have a great summer, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, none of you will call me a day before October 1st. I know hey, that. So let's, we'll uh, in the words of uh, the great Chip Carey, now we get to pick our own friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right and with that being said have a great off season everyone we'll be back next year with more magic pod squad 